This is Slapdash Hodgepodge, your random podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to Slapdash Hodgepodge. This will be episode two. Uh, this is Carlin with my good buddy, Steven. Say hello, Steven. How's it going tonight? Alright, so today's episode we're going to discuss a recent video game that just came out that both of us very much enjoy. I would say so. It was a fun game. Still haven't beaten it yet, so we can't talk about the ending without spoilers. Though I'm okay with spoilers. <laughs> See, we're giving a disclaimer at the beginning. There may be spoilers for this. If there are, we do apologize. Because we don't normally like to spoil things for our fans. There will be spoilers, and I don't apologize for anything. Alright, so we've been waiting for this game for 13, 13, 14 years in the making. I think it's 13. The game we're discussing today is Kingdom Hearts 3. If you haven't picked it up, I recommend it, um, just for the epic playthrough value of it. I was going to say, you can play through this multiple times and still have fun playing it. It's one of those games that the playthrough value does not go down. And once you play through normally, you get epic endings and things of that nature. Unless you're Carlin, then you play through a super easy first, and then normal, and then super hard. Okay, so the reason that I play through games like that is because I want to enjoy the story of the game, because that's what I play video games for. So I'll beat it on super easy, and I'll admit that. And then I'll move up to normal, and then I'll move up to hard, and then I'll move up to its legendary mode. And at that point, I'm just playing to play. Um, normally I'll go through and get all of the achievements that I can get in the beginner mode. Or in Kingdom Hearts' case, there's little hidden Mickey symbols. I'll go through and get all of those. I'll do all of the side missions. Normally if I play a game 100% through... I'm beating it on easy, and then working my way up. I mean, it, it's a good concept of playing a game, because then you can have the advantage of being able to pay attention to the story and the little nuances that come with a game like Kingdom Hearts, where you have to find, or you don't have to, but finding the hidden Mickeys give you things at the end based on how many mickeys you find i think at like level when you find 15 mickeys you get a special thing at the end of that you when you find 25 you get something even better and if you find them all you get this like legendary crafting equipment that you need to upgrade your the last keyblade to its final form so and also if you get all 90 of the hidden mickeys in the beginner mode, you get all of those, beat the story mode, then you get the secret ending video. Which, I've seen it because I've beaten the game. Steven, on the other hand, has not beaten the game yet. I'm going to lie, I've seen it on YouTube, so it's okay. And pretty much the secret ending, spoiler alert, it lets you know that there's going to be more Kingdom Hearts games. Whether they get out of the Disney universe or not, there's going to be more Kingdom Hearts games just based off of this ending. They'll never get out of the Disney universe. This whole game is based off of the Disney universe. And now that Disney's bought Marvel and 
they're trying to get all the X-Men. There's no point, no reason for them to get out of the Disney universe on this game. They'll open it up and in Kingdom Hearts 4 or whatever comes next, they'll probably have X-Men involved in Mutant Worlds. It, or um, they'll have superhero worlds with uh, Captain America and the Marvel Universe that they bought up. I mean... All right, so since we're on the worlds of Kingdom Hearts, let's discuss the first world you start out in. You start out in Mount Olympus, but not Mount Olympus from the other Kingdom Hearts games. I was going to say, this one is based strictly off of the Mount Olympus of the gods. It's not... You're not... Well, you, you start off in Thieves, because Thieves is getting blown up to smithereens by the Titans. And then you move to... Mount Olympus, where you go, you actually get into the kingdom of the gods. You don't just get a, like, oh, hey, look, I'm at Mount Olympus. Let me have this little tournament thing and build up my power like they did in the other ones. You actually get to go in and explore and find things in there. And with this first world, which I think is kind of cool because it's, in my opinion, the, well, I think it's the first Kingdom Hearts game where you actually start out in a non, um, non Square Enix world. You start out in a Disney world from the get go. Yeah, that that is definitely a good point. I like it because it it's the tutorial world where you went to Hercules in the past to level up and to get stronger. Because Hercules is the hero that has is part god, therefore he's the strong hero. So you went to him in the past to level up. This one, you're going to him to relearn things that you learned in the past games. Therefore, if you didn't play all those little games in the in between Kingdom Hearts two and three, you can relearn how to play this game. And I want to interject with the, um, because I found it after I beat the game and was kind of sad. There's a section that after you beat the tutorial world, that goes through a video overview of the games that happen between 2 and 3. So you're not missing any of the story at all. I might have skipped that. Most people do. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of ours and he goes, yeah, I don't know what happened between 2 and 3. There were like 6 games there. excuse me and he goes so I need to go back through and play those games and I'm like no you actually don't there is a video thing where one of the characters from the later on portion of the game tells you exactly what happened in the in-between games that were kind of pointless yeah I'm going to have to replay that game now and well Well, replay the beginning part of the game you don't even have to replay the beginning part of the game after you beat the beginning, it's unlocked the entire time. Uh, it's okay. on the main menu. You go down to, I think it's Video Archive or something like that. I thought it was just where you went to watch the uh, cutscenes. Yeah. But no, it's actually a breakdown of what happened between 2 and 3. Okay. So the six games in between. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I played one of those six games in between. But that was because my wife really likes the Kingdom Hearts series. So she bought the Kingdom Hearts like 2.5 or 2.3 
whatever. It's 2.5, and it was basically a remix of 2. Yeah. It, like, but it had it, elements of 1, elements of 3, 6, 5 days, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. So you kind of could understand the story a little bit more. Um, what did you feel about the worlds? Uh, I think it was done very well. Um, I am going to agree with what a lot of people were saying online about the worlds. Um, that the pirate world seemed a little rushed. Um, just based on, like, you got there, you got your ship, you went and did your thing. And unless you were paying attention to the map, you ended up at the pirate cove where you needed to go and you couldn't hit up any of the other islands right away because i i hit up one of the islands so that i could upgrade my ship because unless you upgrade your ship to at least level two on that one i found it very difficult to beat the pirate cove on normal mode well see on easy mode or beginner mode whatever you want to call it i didn't upgrade my ship at all um, I struggled a little bit with the with the final battle with the Kraken and Davy Jones. Okay. I struggled a little bit with that, but it was still simple enough that I could call it a good playthrough at least. I was going to say, that's one of the good parts about this game is it's simple enough to where it, it's a good playthrough no matter what level you're playing on whether it's beginner or normal or hard but at the same point it's challenging to where you actually have to think about what you're doing and like do i want to use this spell at this point or do i want to save it for my healing later on in this battle because i know it's going to be they're going to have a hard hitter somewhere in this battle and you mentioned healing one of the awesome things that i loved about kingdom hearts 3 they fixed Donald and his retardedness. Because in all of the other Kingdom Hearts games, you could be dying and Donald is just over there. Oh, I'm going to cast fire. I'm not going to try and heal your ass. In this one, they fixed it where Donald is actually a useful person. And I found out it's because you can go into the settings and control how him and Goofy use their magic and abilities. You could have done that in 1 and 2 as well. It, it, he was not useless in one and two. You you just didn't set him up right. No, Donald was useless in one and two. Donald was not useless to me because I put him on healing and gave him all my potions and a heal spell and told him not to pay attention to the fight and just pay attention to my health. And anytime it started blinking red, Donald healed me. See, I didn't have that luck. So, with the worlds that you have in Kingdom Hearts 3, um, you have Olympus, which is kind of your tutorial world. There's some cool stuff later on after you beat the game that you can go back and do. Well, not even that. Um, my wife, when she was playing through it, she was actually looking around Olympus and found the shield, um, Clockmaker shield, in the armory before it was available in the shop for me to buy. And I didn't look around. I couldn't even find the. I didn't even look at the, for the armory. So I had. I wait. I was up at the Toy Story World before I even upgraded Goofy Shield. Right, and that, that's what I'm saying. I found it, of course, after I beat the game. I went back and I was like, "Well, shit! Here's a shield that I bought two worlds later. Yeah, that is a very powerful shield from the get go. Right, and 
you can find it in the tutorial world just by looking around. That's what I was saying. It it might be a simple game on the top layer, as in, excuse me, you just go in and you just beat up the monsters, but you actually have to pay attention to what you're doing in the game so that you can find all these hidden articles and things that they put in there. Um, so, as far as your worlds go, you've got Olympus, then you've got... Twilight Town. Twilight Town, which was your main town from Kingdom Hearts 2, which I don't much care for Twilight Town. There wasn't enough to do in this playthrough, and I don't know if that's because it wasn't the main town, but even in the first Kingdom Hearts in uh, Traverse Town, you had a lot to do there. In the second one, Twilight Town, you had a lot to do. In this third one, it's like, oh, this is just an in-between world that doesn't really matter. I mean, you got a fair amount to do there because there's several of the hidden Mickeys in that world. And then once you unlock him, you have the little chef, uh, Ratatouille, at that world. But they made it easy to get to him from any save point, so you didn't have to go back to that world right, every single time. Something else that they added, instead of you going to Merlin's hideout, um, he appears at the cafe or bistro, whatever you want to call it, of Little Chefs, so that you can enter the Hundred Acre Wood. And I don't know if you did that world. Yeah, of course. And you got the Keyblade from it. Yeah. That Keyblade, from when you get it in the story, is an epic Keyblade. I've... Personally, I am still stuck with the Toy Story Keyblade. I love that Keyblade. It is epic, especially the... I mean, I beat the entire game with the Toy Story Keyblade, the Monsters, Inc. Keyblade, and the Kingdom Key. I'm not a big fan of the Monster, Inc. Keyblade. Well, see, I was going with my Keyblades more strength than anything. I mean, so That's how I play through Kingdom Hearts games, is strength over defense and magic. Yeah. I mean... Those Keyblades are the strongest unless you get the Ultima weapon, which, after you beat the game, is the only way you can get the Ultima. It's pointless at that point. True. But maybe they're saying that you can use that Ultima in the next series that they release. The Ultima's been in all of Kingdom Hearts games as the last thing you get, unless you focus on crafting things. But that gets annoying. Um... So, back to the worlds in the Kingdom Hearts game, in Kingdom Hearts 3, because we keep skipping. We don't skip, we talk about each world as we get to it. Okay, so past Traverse Town, there's really, or not Traverse Town. um, Twilight Town. Twilight Town. Past Twilight Town, there's not really a whole lot to do. Like, a lot of the stories focus there, but you yourself don't go there. You then have Toy Story World, Frozen World... It, no, not Frozen. It's uh, Brave. Which I can't... It's not Brave. You got... Um, you go to Toy Story and... God, why can't I remember this? It's the third world. Because you want to go to Toy Story first because... It's it a lower level. Lower level world. And then you go to the third world after Toy Story. I don't believe... It could be... No, it's not Frozen. It's one of the old worlds that you've been to before. 
Um, I don't think so, because there weren't any old worlds. Okay, are you saying that Mount Olympus wasn't an old world? Or no. Twilight Town wasn't an old world? Okay, we'll say Twilight Town is, but Mount Olympus, no. Because in the original Kingdom Hearts games, Mount Olympus was only the Colosseum. Okay, I'll give you that one. This one is a full actual world by itself. Alright, so the first worlds are Olympus, Twilight Town, Toy Box, Kingdom of Cornea, which is... Frozen. Brave. Or Tangled. 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 I'm thinking, why am I thinking Brave? That's not even in this game. That's the red-haired chick. Yeah, it's the one that shoots the bow and arrow and the three brothers become bears or something. I haven't actually seen Not that I've actually watched that show. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so you go from Twilight Town to Toy Box just based off of level. Toy Box being a Toy Story kid growing up. God, I love Toy Box. Toy Box was amazing. Now, I hate that it didn't have the entire elements of Toy Story in it. I mean, it had enough of the elements. It was toys that came alive. Okay, there was no no Emperor Zerg. There was no Pete the Prospector. There was no Lopso... No, this was a Toy Story world after Toy Story 4, or 3, the one with Lobster. But that's Did wrong. it have a villain in the Toy Story because world? Because it was, if you're saying it was after, then the toys wouldn't be Andy's anymore. At the end of Toy Story 3, he gives the whole box of toys away to the little girl. So this is not set after the third movie. It so, can't be. So then it's set in between the third and second and third movie. Okay, if it sets in between the second and third movie, where's Jesse and Bullseye? They're in the other world, because if you pay attention, some of the toys got sucked into a separate universe with Andy. That's that's the point I'm making here, that they didn't have all of the toys. No, I mean, they couldn't possibly have all the toys in there. They could have at least put Potato Head. I mean, Just for the I, I did miss Potato Head. I did miss Potato Head. Get rid of Rex because he's useless. Yes, but I think they added Rex instead of Potato Head for the comedic faction of Rex. Um, but Potato Head's funnier. Slightly, yes. But what they should have done was just added Potato Head because it's the Potato Head Rex Slinky combo that makes things in that really kicks things off. I mean, it's more ham and potato head. Yeah. Rex is kind of a useless um, Toy Story character. Well, can you blame him with his short little arms and his big head? I can't reach. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so after you go from Toy Box, which it seemed like it was a short world, it just had a lot of puzzle aspects to it. I think all the worlds, in my opinion, were just a little short, but they threw in enough puzzle aspects to the world, to each of them, that it made it interesting and enjoyable, even though they were just on the tad short side. Alright, so after Toy Box, um, you you should go to Kingdom of Korea, which is the Tangled world. Um, I haven't seen Tangled didn't look like a Disney movie I'd want to watch. But after playing Kingdom Hearts, I'm like, I probably should watch this movie to see if I actually, if it makes sense to me. I'm not going to lie. 
my wife is the biggest Disney fan you will ever come across. So I've seen every single Disney movie that has come out in the past four or five years. And the Tangled World did justice to the movie. I was missing the sing-along with the uh, bad guys in the diner in the not diner in the pub that they that they go to when they first leave the tower that she is uh caught up in so you're saying that kingdom hearts should have a sing-along aspect yes with that thing because it was about their dreams and it was hilarious and it was funny and they did try to put on that sing-along aspect with this world later in the game where you did the, your whole dancing thing. They should have changed it from there and did the sing-along with the I Have a Dream. Okay. I I don't disagree with you on that because that actually would probably be cool. It would be another mini game, which I should mention. Kingdom Hearts 3 is a game of mini games. Full of them. Like, I mean, it's got old retro classics of Mickey and things like that. And I'm not a big fan of the minigames, but it made this game work. Yes, if and if you don't like one type of game, like say you're not big into the fighting game, so you're, you're not going to be big into the fighting of the heartless aspects, there's enough other minigames and mini puzzles in there to where you you will find something enjoyable about this game. Agreed. Um, from Cornea, you go into a different galaxy, which has four worlds in it? Yeah. Um, every galaxy, except for the last one, will have four worlds. Okay. So you go into the next galaxy, and it's your starting city is Monstropolis. Which, again, being a Toy Story kid... I'm also a huge Monsters, Inc. fan. I was going to say, Monster Inc. was the That bomb. world was so well done, in my opinion. I like the fine... I, I don't know what console you actually played this on, because I know you have both the game for both the uh, Xbox One and the PlayStation. I, I played it on PlayStation. Okay. The reason that I played it on PlayStation, this is a PlayStation game. This is not an Xbox game. True. Um... But my PlayStation, I, I bought this PlayStation back when PlayStation 4 first got released. So my PlayStation is kind of a little dead and my hard drive is kind of full up. So I bought this one for Xbox One. The quality of the picture on Xbox One was amazing. And I don't know if that was the Xbox One or if it was the TV that we were using. Well, I'll, I'll probably say it was the Xbox One because it's the only console... That puts out 4K on the base product. True, but I don't have a 4K TV. <laughs> right, but you're still, even though, even though you don't have a 4K TV, you're still going to get 4K quality. Yeah, and it, the quality of this, of Monsters World, I think was their best world that they did. With all the little, like, nuances and the look of the monsters and... You like, could, I mean, you could see Sully's fur. Yes. That that sold me. Yeah. And you could see each individual fur moving. Right. I like that they brought back Randall as the villain. Yes. Because I loved him in the movie, felt he got the short stick. 
I mean, Randall kind of short-sticked himself. He did, but them throwing him through a door and they think he's an alligator. Absolutely hilarious. I was going to say, that's just funny. (laughs) And then they brought that aspect back. Sorry, spoiler alert. Again, I apologize for nothing. Of course, my co-host apologizes for nothing. Not a single thing. All right, so after Monstropolis, you go to Ardendale, which is the Frozen. Again, another Disney movie I haven't seen. Again, another Disney movie I have seen. Let it go, let it go. And that right there, people are going to stop listening to this podcast. You can't do things like that, man. Um, It's random. I can do whatever I want. Very true. So... Ardendale, it was a beautifully crafted world. I liked it. Um, It was... There were parts of it that were annoying. Like... The ice maze thing annoyed me. Because you I had liked to the fight. ice maze. You had to fight while solving puzzles. And it's... Come on, pick one or the other. Don't make me do both at once. I liked the ice maze. I liked it because... It, it, it was annoying, like, don't get me wrong. It was annoying because you had to, like, travel around. You had to find which door to go through, which which um, icicle you hit would open up the door to the other room that you need to go into. But, oh, let me hit this icicle one more time and see if it can open up another door to find another treasure. Like, it, it was interesting in the fact that you could hit these icicles and... The whole room moves several times, and you could find treasure in spots that you didn't even think that existed in it. And see, that is why I play through it on all three difficulties. Because I only hit the icicle once, just to further the story. Yeah. I didn't look for all the treasures. About halfway through, I stopped looking for treasures, because it it, it was one of those that I started getting annoyed with it, but I still enjoyed it. Gotcha. Alright, so after Ardendale, you get the ability to go to the Hundred Acre Wood. It's not actually required. Are we not going to talk about Olaf and Ardendale? No. Uh, that that was annoying. Okay. That was annoying. At one point, Olaf gets himself blown into pieces. And, and you have to go find his pieces. And it's difficult because there's nine pieces that will fit with Olaf and he accepts them. I don't know if you did what I did, but I accidentally picked up the ball of yellow snow, took it back for his body, and he's like, hey, I've got a tan. No, I did not. And then you can pick up the huge snowball and take it back to Olaf, and he goes, I think I ate too much. I didn't know you could actually pick that stuff up. I just went in and clicked it, and then it said, hey, this might be part of Olaf. And then it never, that you up in the right-hand corner, it had... The count of what the piece, how many pieces you had, and it never upped that count, but the piece disappeared. Yeah, because there were nine pieces that were possible combinations for Olaf. Huh. When I did the yellow snow one, I thought it was hilarious, and I'm like, eh, let's just leave him with yellow snow. He <laughs> likes the tan, but the game doesn't like that. So that's what we're going to discuss on Olaf because I like the fact that with Olaf. You found out that you could jump on giant snowballs and move them. You just had to figure out how to move it first to crush into people. Because later in that game, when you're going down the snow pass trying to get to 
uh, the city before she the queen dies or blows up or whatever. Um, you could jump on the snowballs and just run over the heartless. And it didn't matter if that heartless was like this big bad icicle dude with like two health bars. You ran over with him kill. with a snowball. Yes. It was a one hit kill. I made sure I had a snowball every chance I got. <laughs> so you didn't realize that you could do that with any ball shape in earlier worlds? No. Okay. No. See, I found that out in, I want to say, Toy Box. Because there's a bouncy ball that you can do the same thing with. Huh. It just doesn't take out the giant robots. I'm going to have to go back and start messing with some of these balls. And yes, I know exactly how that sounds. And you all heard it here first. He's going to go back and play a children's game and mess about with balls. balls. <laughs> all right. So after Ardendale, you get the ability to do the Hundred Acre Wood. I've been told by people that you can go in, do the first mini game, and leave, and not worry about Hundred Acre Wood ever again because there's no fighting in it. It's all mini games. Who cares about the mini games? Complete that world. Yeah, it's the, a fun world. And the Keyblade you get is kind of epic. Just a little bit. Again, I still have not used that Keyblade. Alright, so then you move on to the Caribbean, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Now, this one, you are revisiting an old world from the first game. Yes. But you're not revisiting the first movie. You're pretty much revisiting 2 and 3. No, this is straight 2. This is straight two because it's just the ending part of two where they're fighting but to stab the heart. At World's End is three where they go and get Jack from the locker. Okay. That's the third movie. Then this is straight up the third movie. No, it's the second and the third because when Will and Davy Jones and Cutler Beckett meet with Elizabeth Balbosa and Jack, that's in two. So it's a combination of middle of two and all of three. Oh, I have to go back and watch this movie. See, that's... A lot of people skip the Pirates movies. They don't think they're Disney enough. Oh, they're Disney enough. I mean, that was one of the first rides that opened in California, was Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to say, not only just the fact that Pirates of the Caribbean was... In, is in Disney. Like, it was in Disney before the movies ever came out. Like, that was my favorite ride whenever I went to Disneyland and Disney World was the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. But the fact that, like, Jack, like, Jack Sparrow in that movie was just amazing and funny and, like, it... I like that movie, and I, I don't care what people say. It, it is Disney enough on that movie. I will agree. I think it's Disney enough. I think it's uh, Disney's roots into live action. Their real roots into live action that was successful. So, the Pirate's World, it adds an aspect of um, seafaring combat. And the seafaring combat... I love that gameplay aspect. I wish they had put more into it. That's why I was saying this world, I, I think it's one of the shortest worlds that you're at, um, just because of how easy it is 
to go from point A to point B. And not with, realize you've done it. Exactly. I was trying... There, there was a point where I accidentally shut off my Xbox without saving it, so I had to redo it. <laughs> and... Dumb, dumb, dumb. It happens. It does. It happens to the best of us. Um, um, but I had to replay it, so I... The first time I played through it, I went to... Um, just straight to Pirate's Cove. And I got all the way up to the battle scene, and then I had to go to work, so I shut off the PlayStation without saving it, or the Xbox without saving it. So then I had to replay it to go to Pirate's Cove. And I was actually, the second time I was playing it, I was trying to hit up several of the worlds, or several of the islands that are around there, so that I could upgrade my ship to have a little bit of an easier time in there. And I could only hit up one island before it kind of auto-steered, I want to say, um, you towards where you needed to go. Yeah, you get to a certain point where it kind of pulls you in a direction, and you know you want to go the other way, but you can't because the game itself is pulling you towards Pirate's Cove to kind of, okay, let's rush this along. Yeah, they, I think they just they threw that world in there for the seafaring effect, but they just wanted to kind of get over with that world because I hear the next world was supposed to be the number one world of the game. All right, so the next world that you get is San Francisco, which is the world from Big Hero 6. You haven't gotten here yet? Or no, I, I just ended the Pirates world, so I have not played anything further than that. Okay, so with San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, whatever it's called. Let's uh, just call it Big Hero 6 World. Yeah, Big Hero 6 World works. The Big Hero 6 movie was so epic because it was a mesh of Disney and Marvel. Yes. Most, most people don't realize that, but it was a huge mesh of Disney and Marvel based off of the character Fred, whose dad in Big Hero 6 was Stan, Stan Lee. Lee. And unless you watch that after video, after the credits, to see him walking into that special hidden room and that giant photo of Stan Lee, you would not have... You completely miss it. Yes. And you don't realize that it's a Marvel-Disney tie-in movie that will take you on a roller coaster of feelings. I'm still waiting for the next one to come out, Big Hero 6.5, I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it point five. Um, the Big Hero 6 world, it's... Spoilers, beware. Um, it's huge. It. I'm pretty sure it's the largest world. Combat in it is a range of you using the Keyblade, you using Baymax. It's all over the place. There are so many things that I saw while doing this mm -hmm. world just by running through the story. Like, I didn't even touch any of the side stuff in this world. That's how big it is. Dang. I really want to go play this one now. So, I think this is going to be a good stopping point for us on this podcast. Um, we'll continue with a part two of our discussion of Kingdom Hearts 3. Once I actually play it. We'll give Steven a chance to finish the game. Because, honestly, it's killing me to not discuss the ending with one of my best friends. I was going to say, I think I'm only two worlds behind. Because I think I just got Big Hero 6 world and then the Keyblade well, graveyard. Well, like four worlds that you go to after Big Hero 6, but they're not individual worlds. They're all wrapped into one. I mean, as long as I don't have fly around with that gummy ship, 
that. Eh, not really. I I did I out out of this whole game, I think the gummy ship was the part that I disliked the most. And we'll discuss that on part two. On part two, this has been Slapdash Hodgepodge, your random podcast. Have fun.